This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 54, Whispers and Secret Conversations. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hey everybody, this is uh, Hunter, Gen Con Watch. Hey Hunter. People have been asking me some questions, so I figured right at the top of the episode... What was that music? That was the theme song for the segment Gen Con Watch. You want to hear it? Was you, oh, the... let me, okay, I'll hit play again. Hold on, let me let me. Yeah, back yeah. Up hit 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 play one more time. Gen Con watch. Wow, that had a slightly that was a different take. That I think was the same exact on that MP3. I don't know what you're talking I, about. I don't think it was the same actually. I think well, uh, if I think if if our listeners go back, they'll find a very different track. But yeah, um, where's my Gen Con video, yeah, dummy? That's a where's question. my Gen? Hey, I want my video, you dummy. Well, dumb dumb. You know, the more you insult me, the less the, the less close you are to having it. This is a real oh well, George you're R. R. stupid situation. dumbhead. The more you then. ask, give about me my Gen video. video. The more minutes I add to the amount of time it takes me to make it. Please, sir, may I have some video? <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I want to give an update. Here, here's the update. Uh, there are, there have been three factors that have um, made it a long process. Right? There was just like I moved, and there was lots of things to reorganize and get going, and like finding time in life, you know, to to do it. The second right. thing is a technological one. It's just like you know, I don't have a supercomputer trying to like. Get thing. I've had some weird issues, honestly, with the edit and like trying to get the footage to cooperate with my computer and with each other and whatnot. And so, just trying to like, oh, I'm, fr- I'm, hey, Matt, I'm frowning. You're frowning. I'm frowning well, right the now. The third thing is the is the good one, which is the like just figuring out how to how to tell the story. Like, what's the framework of the video? What's the structure of it? Uh, and that's the part I'm feeling super, super good about. And honestly, the 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 life stuff isn't really in the way either. Like, I'm moved, I'm settled in, and I'm used to my schedule. So, like, the update is is a good update, which is, like, we're making some serious progress now with the video, now that all of the dust is settled. And, uh, yeah, I feel good about where we're going with the structure of the video. And that's not to say it's going to be done in the next, like, week or two, but um, each weekend I'm able to get a decent amount of work done on it, and I think we'll have... I feel fairly confident that I can have something before the end of the year. I'd love to have yeah. it even sooner. Like before December would be great, but you know, I, I, my original goal was before this Patreon tournament starts eating up all our time, you know, I shouldn't be trying to edit and run the tournament. So that's a goal right. I've set for myself. Whether or not I hit it is one thing, but like I wanted, you know, all the listeners to know that's sort of what we're aiming for is if we finish signups for the Patreon tournament on October 31st, and then we spend, you know, probably a week getting everyone to officially, you know, register for it. 
and then scheduling it. Like, we're not really starting games for the tournament for a while. Maybe December? I don't know. It's really hard to say. It depends on how easy it is to schedule these games. Um, but, like, that's about when I'm trying to have the video done before. So that right. then we can just run TTS Patreon games, you know, kind of as the next full-time thing. So that that's the goal. Felt like everyone deserved to hear some information rather than people ask me on Facebook and on the Discord and stuff. And all I ever say is like, yep, I'm working on it. And that is sort of still what I'm saying, but with more specifics. So hopefully you, hopefully that um, tides you over until the next Gen Con Watch update. Is it fun, like, sifting through all the footage with me in it? With the, with the, Is there any good me stuff that you found? <laughs> it's really funny that you asked that because I... I the current edit I have, the very first shot is you being a total idiot uh, in front of the camera. You're what am like, I doing? You're, you're just flirting with the camera like a, like a stupid dingus. <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> uh, but let's let's get into some episode. Do we have an episode? Yeah. Um, so, well, first we have uh, some errata. Uh, huh? We're going to start with errata. Do I have to do um, the transition music? Uh, no, uh, well, uh, here, I'll do the music. Okay. It's... Hey, wait a second. That sounds like... I haven't sent you the Gen Con Watch file yet, and yet you are you are clearly playing it on your Chicken Arata. Yeah, welcome to... Yeah, Chicken, chicken Arata. Welcome to Space Cat... Space Chicken's Arata. <laughs> um, last week's episode was about Tabletop Simulator. Uh, which is obviously something that we're looking at really closely with the tournament uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, do we just want to k- jump, chomp right into it? I think so. The reason we're doing the errata up top is we sort of put the call out last week, right? Because right. We, we were just like, we we are not TTS experts, and uh, we, we, we want to hear what people have to say about TTS, right? So right. It's, it seemed fitting that we should talk about that at the top and also because what our real episode is going to be uh has its origins in where this conversation about tabletop simulator went so we're actually going to get into an episode because we need to kind of work our way to that point which is why we're starting with errata all right so first one's from wicket ti tl one tl tl yeah wicket tl oh i'm sorry wicket um one minor comment I think board slash card slash bag management is an initial hurdle for most new TTS players. I've misplaced my planet card. I think I dropped my technology deck into one of my bags. Uh, where did my race sheet go? I know this was a challenge for me starting out. Um, I, Wicket, I agree 100% and <laughs> yeah. still do that stupid stuff all the time. Right. And it, it's a bummer. Um, Root has come out as kind of a, a an expert on TTS, or I don't know if they would want me calling them an expert or not, but uh, we're actually going to do a video with Root, hopefully coming out fairly soon, uh, where we are going to go over a lot of the like tips and tricks to like keeping up with Tabletop Simulator. Um, right, and so, avoiding those pitfalls. And avoiding those basically. weird pitfalls. So here was some advice uh, or, or something Root had to say, which is my first couple of games, the controls weren't super intuitive, and I learned something new that I could do to make the game smoother almost every game for a couple weeks. There's certainly something to be said for needing to take the time to familiarize yourself with Tabletop Simulator before trying to play a game, especially a tournament game. So um, for all of you who have tried Tabletop Simulator and been like, oh, this control is terribly, or this is like really hard to use... 
it, I mean, similar to Twilight Imperium, right? Like, once you get a grasp of all of the things that you're dealing with, it's actually quite easy. And it really is just a physics engine, but you have to learn its language. So we're kind of putting out the proposition that everyone that wants to be in the Patreon tournament start uh, turning on Tabletop Simulator and practicing. Um, I know I used to do that. I would just open it up because it felt weird to me. Like I I was trying to play games and I would always feel behind. So when I would just had like a spare 10 minutes or something, I would open it up and I would like play with controls and just try to uncover new stuff. So we're going to try to put a video out that gives you advice on what those things might be. But more than anything, just getting your hands on it and familiarizing yourself with it is a pretty important um, factor in that. Um. I did have one other thing, too, though, that kind of touches more on the tournament side of things, which is for those people who really still have like a hard time with it or the question has come up a lot about like, what about, you know, bad Internet connections or just things like, you know, not everybody is in a part of the world that like has great high speed Internet or whatever. So some people might have more difficulty playing than others. Um, and, and honestly, I think like Hunter or I should be in just about every single game moderating and i don't think it's outside of the question of like as long as you're connecting in voice chat if you can be like you know i want to activate this system but my computer's messing up right now and i can't like we can easily do that for you you know there's going to be a lot of that like if we're moderating that means we we can take some of the load of the messiness off for you as well if you're having difficulty with that so i wouldn't i wouldn't say that if you feel like you're a novice um, or a beginner at Tabletop Simulator that shouldn't keep you from wanting to be in the tournament. Right. There's going to be extra hands, yeah. basically, on yeah. deck. People for, are very cool about it, too. People like people are helpful and, and want to help. So, uh, This next one is from Zendog. Uh, I think that a limited form of takebacks is necessary for the tournament. Even if the rest of the games were 100%, you lay it, you play it, I would allow a very brief window after an action for non-active players to say, can I pay you not to do that? It's just too common and too ingrained in the TTS culture to remove without causing serious problems. Allowing only this sort of potential take back would keep the benefits, punishing poor play, allowing negotiations, while avoiding the pitfalls. Slower play, since most actions have to be pre-announced. So this is in reference to... Chess we rules. were talking about in the last episode, yeah, about doing tre- chess rules of basically having, like, when you lay a command counter down on the table, it's there, and that's where it lays. Right. Well, I, I kind of have a couple responses to this um my my first main one is uh i think our definitions of like what what constitutes the chess rule thing being enacted uh is maybe not been clearly defined enough Um, right because there's always the thing of like just hover the command counter over the system and then like i don't understand i we've seen a lot of people kind of give this same kind of feedback of like i think you need a little bit because usually it takes someone visually seeing that command counter in their system before they're like uh oh hey you want to talk about this but since we have in any game where we've been strict about it i haven't noticed any slowdown and it's very easy to hold the command counter over the system and just be like hey what do you think about this this is probably about to happen and more often than not, you go through with it anyways. It's not like every single activation or every single moment in the game becomes a negotiation that lasts 10 minutes. I think that's some people's right. fear. But I think right. that fear is coming from not having played this way, where the reality is you still go through things pretty quickly. 
Yeah, and I think I think obviously our goal with uh, with in like having ideas like this, like like certain certain rules that we want to enforce of the tournament, is to basically limit angle shooting yep. as a concept, um, and also just like like there have to be points of like all right, well, this is something solid we can depend on because otherwise, like the idea of like there being a, a final tournament game right. where things where ducks really need to be in a row, I don't want someone to experience that game to watch that game to like to hear about it and feel like ah uh, like the winner the winner got like the got winner won easy. the game but yeah got off easy or, or or was able to sort of manipulate uh, a little bit in order to get um ahead of right. everybody we don't need a, def- a deflate gate for our tabletop simulator right tournament. like we right. we, we want to have tight rules and everyone to, to know them clearly up front i think um Two, it's it's sort of a yin for life had a good thing to say, which was I just want to experience the glory of people living with their mistakes. I've seen too many good players that only do well because they can take back mistakes. And I think this is kind of what you're getting at is like the point of this tournament is to see top tier play. Um, and I agree that like in casual games, take backs should be necessary. It's, it's right. just part of having a fun game with your friends. But we are not actually aiming for that style of game in this situation, right? We, we, we want, Mm -hmm. we want a mistake to cost you dearly, basically. We we also want people to really, we want people to have to really think about what they're doing before they do it. Right. Um, and, and having a culture that's like a little more easygoing and like take backy is like really fun when you're playing with your friends. And I totally get it. And I think if I, especially early on in twilight Imperium, if I had played with somebody that tried to enforce this rule, I would have been like, no, this is yeah, just for fun. This game is exactly. way too complicated for you to do this. I right. totally get all of that. But what we're looking for is a a, a vibe, uh, a tournament vibe, meaning that like the, the, that you have to just that you have to go with those things. And at the Gen Con tournament, it, like it's very easy for everyone to mentally tap into that. Like when you right. are a part of a tournament, your brain goes, "Oh, I should take this more seriously." When you play casually with friends, you're just like, "Uh, I I activate this system." Well, I have four PDS there. Oh crap. Uh, right. Of course. No, I no, I don't want to activate there. That that would be stupid. Those right. sorts of things are like what I feel like happens in a lot of games. And that's what I'm looking to force you to have to to like deal with in your own head. Like you you need to have already planned that out and and know, you know, what's going to happen. I also just wanted to say that, like, at, we're trying to not only run a good tournament, but like give you deliver some good games. And so picking these certain points of like, oh, we're going to stand by this um, is really as much about rules as it is about drama. Right. um, About the game having a certain level of stakes to it. Right. We want to, you know, be able to show these games or good moments from these games, especially like when it comes to the championship game, like that's going to be, you're going to see that game whenever it happens. And like, we want it to be a dramatic, fun, crazy game. And the only way that happens is, yeah, if you have kind of like strictly enforced things like this. Uh, Pan RZUW said TI table etiquette just can't be 100% strict. I suggest a rule that says you can only, you, you can uh, do one step backwards during your turn. And I wanted to give pushback against this because uh, I understand the sentiment of like, okay, I activated a system. If I move ships, I shouldn't be be allowed to take back my activation, right? But right. you know, you know, sometimes like even within the move ship step, it's like I moved a dreadnought and a cruiser and another cruiser. Oh wait, you know what? I wanna I don't want to take that one cruiser, and instead I want to take a destroyer. 
I get how that stuff starts to get a little bit funny, but that's why we're we as moderators, first off, are going to be there to be like, you know, we will ask you when movement is final because we're regulating the game. We're going to announce timing windows. We're not going to tell people when to do things, but like we will say, is this your final answer with your move? Because important right. things happen after movement is completed. So right. we're going to try to regulate that sort of stuff. And then beyond that, I don't think you can do a one step back rule um, because people do things with the intent. Uh, like the, the scenario I've kind of been sharing is what if I have Hunter's ceasefire? But actually, I don't have it anymore. I traded it to somebody else, but he doesn't know that. And he wants to activate one of my systems to see if he can bait out the ceasefire. If I don't play the ceasefire, but we're still in the same timing window, Hunter should not be allowed to say, oh, okay, well, if nothing's going to happen, I'm going to take back my activation and right, I'm going to go now somewhere I know, else. Now I know something for free. Right. Basically. And that, that's I, I, ang the, I angle shot some knowledge. Exactly. And that's the sort of stuff we're looking to avoid, especially in the tournament. There, there's the whole thing of just like weird misplays, which you should deal with that. But we, we especially want to avoid, you know, angle shooting and, and, and bad etiquette. Um, so I, here, wait, wait, here, wait, before before we move on to the next thing, I just want to say that, like, like. Uh, I know people might hear that and be like, oh, but this sounds like really strict. Uh, even in, in pan RZUWs, um, saying that table etiquette can't be 100% strict. The, where the wiggle room is, I feel like in our system, is that we're going to be there reminding everyone of what specific phase and step we are in. Right. So that is not normal. You don't normally, when you play TI with your friends, right. you don't normally have someone saying like, all right, it's the movement step. All right, it's the, you know. Right. The space cannon offense step. Fire step. Um, right, right, right. Or, or even right. more specifically, like, okay, someone played um, a strategy card. I've heard other people be afraid of, like, what's going to happen with, like, oh, I, I didn't know leadership got played. We're going to be pretty vocal about, like, leadership got played. You know, right. the, 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 the current player is doing leadership. Person next to them, do you want to do the secondary leadership? Do right. you want, like, we right. will go, we're going to go through the motions, but because we're going to be regulating it, like, that should go fast. Now, those right. types of things go slow in a game with just six people paying attention to their own thing because it kind of, you know, the umpire can slip. But when that's the only thing Hunter and I are focusing on, ideally, it makes right. those things go fast. And you'll never miss a beat of, like, being asked when you can do something and g gaining an opportunity to do that thing. So that's the wiggle room, essentially, is that you're going to have somebody there reminding you of like what phase of the game right. that we're in, what what step we're in. And also that will help inform, like, let's say a player does throw a command counter down. It hits the table. Um, they, they, you know, no fingers on it or whatever. It's laid down and they realize that this is a foolhardy attack. Right. Well, if if they're if they're playing within our tournament they're going to lay it down and then we're going to say, all right, movement step. What what ships would you like to move? And then they can look at it and maybe realize like, oh, that was a bad play and not move anything there. Right. And luckily, they've been sort of reminded of the steps so that they could actually think about what they were doing as right. they were doing it. Right. I feel like the alternative to this would be sort of like our movement. Like movement is one thing where we will say, okay, is that your final answer? But I don't want to have to say final answer to every... I don't want you to lay down an activation and then me have to be like, okay, final answer on that activation. Like, right, you should right. have decided that before you set the counter down. So the right. same thing will go. Like, there, it's there's gonna be 
different versions of it depending on the timing. And I can't go through all of them because there's a million billion timing windows and conditions in Twilight Imperium. So it's going to like depend on a lot of factors. But, you know, if you play an action card, if that if that has been dictated as being played, it, then that's it. It's played. And then if you have to decide a target after that, okay, well, maybe you haven't chosen the target. I, it, it's like I don't know all the versions that will come up. But you can trust that, like, Hunter and I will do everything in our power to keep it, you know, level-headed. Like, like you, you, you won't miss out on information, and that won't be the reason you need to take something back, right? Right, right. Um, and I wanted to add this point here because I, I think maybe it helps the conversation. Because I, I think this is hard to all imagine unless you've played with the rule. Because honestly, it's funny that Zendogs uh, at one point said it's TTS culture because you and I really first started playing with chess rules because of TTS because we played with David S. Noor, who was very right by the books and did everything very system systematically. Uh, T.G. Welch said, I enforced the you drop the token in a system, you commit to the action rule in my home group in our game last night, and they all really thought before they made any moves. It also resulted in a lot more trade negotiations prior to tactical actions. I asked him, um, well, did you, did it slow down your game? That's kind of been people's number one fear is how much is it going to slow down the game? And he said, no delays that we noticed. The negotiations led to more points being scored more efficiently. So if anything, I would say it sped the game up. It created a much tighter race to 10. And honestly, that's like all the anecdotes I need to hear to say that's what I want for the tournament is if if making people think more about their actions leads to tighter, more efficient play that leads to tighter races to 10 points right that sounds like good content for everybody to get to watch and that sounds like good games for everyone to get to experience so yeah i feel like we're kind of sticking to that and i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna wiggle on like nope it's gonna be pretty much chess rules um unless you hear about specific instances where we decide it it doesn't make sense if uh if you've got some feedback to add though again like like oh yeah we we are the this is is in motion. If you've got some point that you feel like was not voiced in this errata, having to do specifically with the kind of you lay it, you play it type uh, way of uh, dealing with TTS, uh, please send it our way. And like we're we are trying to incorporate all of this criticism as much as possible, even if sometimes it's just like, well, we don't we don't really uh, like agree with it. Right. But. Um, but yeah, I think I I think people will be pleased mostly because there will be someone because we'll be there basically to moderate the game. So you're kind of what well, you're giving up in like oh, I'm not going to be able to do take take backsies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to gain someone really just keeping the game running smoothly, right? Um, which I myself like really prefer. I mean, I wish right. I, I wish every game could have a moderator. Right, it's great. It, it helps a lot. Um, so from here, we're going to transition to what our actual episode is. And it's because lots and lots of people had a lot to say about, um, first off, we were asked, we, we asked people about how they feel about whisper chatting in tabletop simulator. So using the in-game text whisper chats, and that kind of led to more conversations about secret conversations in general. So it seemed like we needed to talk about this and, Hunter right, and I we have... do, Matt. Matt, we do need to talk about this. Um, yeah. Matt, if you could step away oh, from the podcast yeah, for a moment, sure, sure. Uh, have a... We and Matt are going to have a real quick conversation, yeah. um, and um, 
We're just gonna step yeah. into another voice channel real quick and right, yeah. Out. See, and ya. then we'll be back, but, and and it, you'll you won't even know we've been gone, but but we'll come back with some new information. Right. Well, Hunter, I don't think that that was a good idea at all, and I I disagree with your proposal completely. And so because of that, I'm gonna activate your home system, and right, this conversation well, I, is over. I, I actually found out everything I need to know. The conversation had nothing to do with that in general. I just wanted to know what you were gonna do about you know about Alex. Oh, Anyways. Man. So, so uh, Hunter and I love secret conversations um, in general, and uh, we have found out that a lot of people uh, don't. <laughs> There's a lot of people <laughs> that play tabletop or that play Twilight Imperium that like do not allow conversations away from the table, which right. blows my mind. Honestly, I mean, we've said this before, uh, but the I think the reason we like secret conversations is because we came from. Axis and allies, which mm -hmm. sort of inherently has secret conversations, right? You have allies, and they're like your allies the whole game, so you should go talk right. to them in another room, right. and so that you don't let the Axis know what you're thinking. Um, right. So, coming from that perspective, like that's what we initially wanted from Twilight Imperium was just, and like, it's just like that's that's the juice that I feel like we really enjoy when it comes to like just playing strategy games in general. Yeah. We like we like uh all of the I don't know, like bringing your personality into it. Right. I feel like it has always been really important to us. Um so yeah, secret conversations are kind of just a natural extension of that idea. Yeah. I've um, I've seen some people make the argument that like you can still like imply things and you can still have weird kind of backdoor politics but you have to do it all at the table which is like a different version of that right i mean it's, it's sort of like mm -hmm. when we play one night ultimate werewolf right like if we could just go have a secret conversation with someone that would be great you know avalon the resistance games like that right would be a right. completely different game if you allowed secret conversations the point is about getting people to say things in public and you have to suss out whether or not it's a lie um I just think TI is a long enough game and it's a war game so it feels right to have you know a war room or or a you know right, a meeting right. with your opponent to discuss terms of engagement or whatever like those things all feel like they fit within the context of the theme What which is I mean it's crazy I'm realizing just now that I mean there's there is in in all of the games that secret conversation is like a thing especially when it comes to strategy games uh there's never been as far as i know like a reference to them in the rule books of these games you know? i think diplomacy diplomacy might be the only one i do i, I feel that, like diplomacy specifically well i mean that's like a phase of the game right where you like are right. sitting there and you're discussing things with each player kind of individually and then right but that's not even a meta part that's like that right. that is literally in the game right um so i mean like, I feel like it's something that's really important to me and Matt, and, and I think that it adds to the to the drama of the game. Um, and I would not like for the tournament to just have none of that whatsoever. Right. I think where we're at now is it's kind of hard to figure out how much, yeah. like, what the baby bear's bowl of porridge is, yeah. basically. Not right. too much, not too little. Um, and... Yeah, so that feels like kind of where the conversation is at now is like how much is enough? And I think that's uh, what we want to figure out kind of with the community. Now, so last week we kind of brought up the idea of whisper chatting and that we had some hesitance to whisper chatting. 
and that we we would want to see um, separate channels for secret conversations. Right. So the idea uh, here's here's I think where we're coming from for this whole tournament is if this is something we're able to film, like we want to be able to catch every moment of that drama and we want to be able to go into the other channel with you and hear your secret conversation and you know there is certainly that element of like why we're holding the opinions we hold is because we want it to be something that is consumable that is viewable and and listenable to like right all these things are important factors for us so having whisper chats where kind of just like there's a million conversations going on at once makes things very um confusing uh, right so, and 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 not and not very like inter- entertaining I feel or yeah. not very consumable I guess is what I'm right. saying. So um but the, the other thing though I w- I want to mention this like it, it feels like some people um when we say like oh like a million whisper chats going on what just because that doesn't happen in your TTS games doesn't mean that that potential is not there. And the, and I yeah, think that even if sure. we had no policy on on whisper chatting uh, that there is a chance that we would probably see a lot of games in the tournament where that didn't become a big thing. Right. It's more about we have to think ahead and be like, all right, so if it could get totally buck wild with Whisper Chats, yeah. is that something we want to allow, right. basically? So I I heard it framed by someone, I think it was Blarknob, maybe somebody else, um, kind of asked, well, do you allow players to text each other at the table? And... Mm-hmm. I was asking Hunter about this, and I realized I think we have different opinions on how we feel about like allowing texting at the table. Uh, Hunter, yeah. g- give me your take on it first. So I feel uh, I feel weird about texting at the table. Uh, it doesn't. It feels like um, I I just feel dirty about the idea of uh, like getting to communicate outside of the game and the players have no knowledge of it whatsoever what i love Mm. about going into the other room is that there is kind of it's still almost within the bounds of the game because the players all get to know that these two players have gone away Mm. um you literally get time if you're not involved in the secret conversation you get time to look at their area and probably imagine what what the conversation is about right um And then that kind of influences maybe your strategy or your opinion, and you get to kind of incorporate that and think about that. And then the players that are choosing to have the secret conversation, there's an opportunity cost there, a calculation that they're making, which is that, all right, well, this is serious, and I need to talk to this other player about this, but but I know that then everyone else will know that we're having this conversation, basically. Right. And Um, I I agree with all that. However, I feel like I've... I, I leave wiggle room for myself. I, I mean, I know that there were games where Doug and I texted each other. I know that that happened for sure. And we discussed like how to come to terms w- about some sort of argument or whatever. We could have right. just as easily stepped into the next room, but it was, you know, if it's just like a quick question or something, I don't know. I, that, those are the types of things I feel like come up. But I agree with your sentiment and I agree with where you're coming from and like what why that's a problem. The thing that... I, I've seen some people propose, and this is more in reaction to whisper chatting, but um, the the context changes is if you have to announce who you're whispering to or who you're texting to. And I'm, I kind of, I know you have some thoughts on even that. So like, what if you had to tell someone like, hey, I'm texting Doug right now. We're not going into the other room, but I am texting him, you know, et cetera. Like, does that solve the problem for you? I th- I mean I think it I I think it's a lot better 
like I I definitely prefer that to then just like the Wild West of like mm-hmm. of people, um, you know, just going wild on the on the keyboards. I know it's like it's really crazy when you play TTS and you can just hear like just people typing a lot. It's completely yeah. insane. Yeah. It happens. It's 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 crazy that I what I don't like about this solution, though, is uh, has less to do with like a rules way of thinking and more of a broadcasting way of thinking. Because if two players go off into a separate voice channel, well, I realize that might sound like kind of clunky to people. What's attractive to me as running, like from a running the tournament uh, perspective, would be that then me or Matt could also go listen to that conversation. Right. And me and Matt would never, ever betray information like that right. to the players. With Like, it's safe. I think it would, especially if this tournament get, gets going and is really fun, like that kind of stuff is going to be sacred to us. Right. But. We do like if we're, you know, if we're going to try and tell the story of these games, we kind of want to know all the details. Right. Um, so I feel like this solution, uh, if, if the turn, if the, you know, if the community really likes the solution, uh, I am, to- I am totally cool with it because I, f- I feel like it does accomplish everything um, of just the, of what I want, which is just like I, w- I want the players to know that that there is a conversation happening right. that that because that's just how that's normally when you encounter this type of play right. that's the context that you get so most people i think if they have secret conversations in their um in their group at all it probably functions somewhat like this yeah i i think um there's an interesting point in there too though about um how it changes the game stylistically um mm-hmm. because I know how I play when I play on Tabletop Simulator and we allow whisper chatting, which is I talk to everybody constantly right, and right. I share information and sometimes it's a lie and sometimes it's not. And sometimes I'm just trying to like gain it. Like there's just I'm constantly talking. And Hunter, you've kind of expressed the opinion that like you just you don't like that because it feels like a different game. And so right. I'm I'm curious what other people feel about it too, and and I I agree that it it is a different game. And so when we're trying to do this Patreon tournament, what game are we wanting to feature? And I think that's the big question we've been trying to answer. Is like yes, you can do whisper chatting, and it adds these really interesting elements. But at the end of the day, what do we lose from that? What kind of game? How does it change what we're getting out of it? And I think it I agree with the the idea that it takes away from being able to relate it to most people's experience with the game, which is in person with, you know, at a kitchen table with other people and TTS with whisper chatting is a completely different strategy game. And maybe that's not what we want our tournament to be about. I mean, a lot of twilight Imperium, a lot of the spirit of the, of the game is uh, is open information. There actually is not a, a right. whole lot of hidden information in the game, and a lot of the hidden stuff feels very deliberate. Right, and I feel like with TTS whisper chatting gone wild, it's so much hidden information that it just it just feels fundamentally different. Right. Well, because in in the I think the worst I've ever seen it is where people really do stop talking above the table completely yeah and, and they're just and, like and it there's becomes, no table talk i don't think all. it slows things down but i think it is still like 
now everyone is only having secret conversation and that is a different game when you are right. when you only ever have secret conversations with every other player and nothing ever gets said above the table that's not twilight imperium that's you know that's like a weird it's a fun game and i love it but it is it is not the same thing that we're trying to capture uh hunter you brought up something uh that i wanted to do a public service announcement about right um and this is, I'm not even sure if I'm right on this. And this is sort of putting the call out because I know every time I see this brought up, uh, I see very different opinions on it. And I, I searched and I couldn't find an official word uh, on this topic. But uh, basically there's rule 2.5 in the rule book under action cards says <clears throat> showing, uh, where is it? A player's action cards remain hidden from other players until they are played. So remaining hidden. And the same language is used for secret objectives. A secret objective is an objective that is controlled by one player and is hidden from all other players until it is scored. Now, I have seen two interpretations of this rule. Uh, the first being our interpretation, which is the stuff is supposed to be hidden, meaning no one can reach over to your side of the table and look at your secret objectives. Right. Now, you as a player can do whatever you want with your stuff. And if you want to show someone, you, you can give whatever information you want to. This is specifically because in TI3, there was a rule of if you showed anyone your secret objective, you lost it. Mm -hmm. And that is not a rule in TI4. So I think we came from the mindset of like, oh, if that's not a rule, that means we can show it, right? Like th there's right. no consequence for showing. So why shouldn't I be allowed to show? Right. Uh, the other interpretation is it is supposed to remain hidden. You can never show anyone any of that stuff. Uh, and that drastically changes the impact of some secret conversations, right? I mean, you, 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 you lose a lot of what you're able to tell and show people if you can't show them action cards or secret objectives. Um, so our stance is that you can show these things. And I've seen people like very adamantly oppose this idea. Uh, and to that, I want to give... I think the number one argument in favor of our perspective, which is the Emirates of Hakan. Because the Emirates of Hakan can trade action cards. And right. if you could never look at someone's action card before you traded it, you could never verify that you are doing the trade that you even want to trade, right? Like if, if you're trying right. to buy someone's sabotage, but they cannot show you that it's a sabotage, how can you have a binding deal that is like receiving that sabotage? If they could just... If they could push any action card over to you and, oh, no, well, we did the trade and I'm sorry you didn't know it, I, it was a bluff. I didn't actually have a sabotage. Like, none of that right. works. You could, you could trade Hakan any card and just claim it was a sabotage. You right. Could, you, you know, you could trade them literally any old useless thing you right. got. You don't have to show the rest of the table, but you should be able to show Hakan that you have the action card that they want before you right. trade it. Right, and so, so that ability sort of implies that you are able to show each other um, action cards. Now, this is like, like we said, we're just, this is kind of a pretty sure, like, yeah. ruling that we're not, we don't on. know is completely set on, set in stone. So this is something we would like feedback on. If someone has um, an email from Dane where they asked them this, please post it and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll errata it next week. But I am like 95% sure that you can show this stuff, but I do not have the proof. And so I don't, I can't, you know, I can't right. put that in stone or anything. So um, I guess the other thing with secret conversations to kind of get back into that is uh, some of the hesitation I've seen some f from some people is 
like about why you would even need to do secret conversations and how that changes. It's funny that we have drawn this line of like, well, we don't want whispers because we don't want constant secret conversations, but that's how some people feel about secret conversations at all. So right. like I feel a like zero tolerance policy. Yeah. Like, no, so no. I, I would like to uh, sort of give some examples, I guess, of like what like what would be a secret conversation? What what is useful to have as a secret conversation as opposed to a public conversation where you just need to like be a little bit secretive with it or, you know, show the action card to them. But you're not saying anything in person. Um, the, the main thing for me as a player, because I tend to have a decent amount of secret conversations, is I like to, if I'm planning to attack someone, right? Oh, I need mm-hmm. RNAM mirror because I need the red skipper. I need whatever. Um, I need that system, but I know it's going to leave me vulnerable somewhere else. Well, right. I cannot above the table say, hey, person to my right, I'm planning to attack my left neighbor for RNAM mirror. And I just want to make sure you're not going to <laughs> take over my stuff that I leave behind. If I can go have a secret conversation where we discuss that and 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 I can come to an agreement with them of like no I'll 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 leave you alone I want this as payment or whatever but I will allow you to go do that attack like that is the whole purpose of me having that secret conversation if I couldn't have that secret conversation that play would be a completely different problem for me as a right, player and right. and and I don't I am not as interested in TI when you can't have those kinds of secret conversations. Because I think the more you can wheel and deal, the mm-hmm. better, right? Right. So right. Right. I don't know if, I, Hunter, I, if you have specific uh, things like that that you, you... I have a situation in my head that I think people, like when people want to have secret conversations about this, uh, I think it always makes sense. Um, when there is a player that is really getting scary as far as the other the other players mm-hmm. um like a, a player like maybe a soul that has uh mechatol rex and lots of infantry on mechatol rex and people are seeing like oh wow soul has like a a route to like basically take this game um it might be necessary to step away from the table in order to talk about how, how you as several players are going to have to deal with that. Because like we've talked about it before, there there are just several types of uh, of like strategies that if if a player does it, it's hard to to beat them on yeah. your own. Like right. it it re- just really is. Um, like how do you remove sixteen Spec Ops two off right. of Mechatol Rex? Right. Like there are ways to do it, but it. It, it seems like it's something that would be really difficult to do as one player by yourself. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like another big one too is like, if you are, I don't, I don't love this sort of play, but it certainly happens where it's like, Hey, I want to accomplish this objective and mm-hmm. you specifically are in my way. And I would love to find a way to trade, you know, giving you access to an objective, but I can't, announce what that objective is because then someone else might be able to get in there and block me too so i want the timing of it to work out where like i take the fourth cultural planet from you and i let you take a hazardous planet from me and nobody else gets to do anything about it because we didn't let everyone know that that's the swap that we're doing um so yeah i don't like trading victory points but it's certainly a thing that is allowed in the game and those types of plays are interesting to watch and interesting to see those negotiations get made. So, right. Uh, I, I do, I feel like in our tournament, we are certainly going to allow some level of secret conversations. 
Um, a lot of people made it sound like they were afraid of too many secret conversations because it can slow the game down. And we've seen that, especially with whisper chats, where sometimes uh, it gets to a person's turn and they can't take any action yet because they need to talk to four different people and decide what they right. want to do. And, you know, I'm a little bit privy to this. I'm a bit of an analysis paralysis person. And if I can talk through all of my thoughts with four different people and have to wait on them to text me responses, it goes really, really slow. So I think that was our first aversion to, to wanting to allow whisper chats at all. But some people mm-hmm. put forward the idea of, well, what if we, what if you allow whisper chats, but when it's your turn, you can't do that anymore. Now it's time to jump into another channel and you only get like one minute to talk and then it's time to act, um, which at one point I was in favor of. Um, but I think, Hunter, you've kind of swayed me a little bit more away from whisper chatting solely to go back to that idea of, it's, it creates a different game. It has nothing to do anymore for me about like how long it takes or what's right. the best way to capture the information. It is honestly just that it makes it a different game and it changes right. the context of how everyone talks to each other. I also feel like it's it's not... Um, I, I just want to kind of offer an olive branch to the people that play Twilight Imperium and don't incorporate secret conversations at all mm-hmm. um, because those, those people are out there and I, I, I don't want... What I don't like about whisper chatting, I think that, that I've kind of spelt out uh, kind of over and over at this point, is that it feels like you get to have a secret conversation for free on the house and it costs you nothing. Right. And the, the other players don't get any awareness from this it doesn't like it's not on their radar whatsoever yeah so i think people that don't incorporate secret conversations if we allow whisper chatting they're gonna be like oh this is awful this is like the a nightmare right however there is a give and take to stepping away from the table like i have been in situations where two players have stepped away from the table and the other four kind of saw, like, read what was happening, yep. and they had a conversation themselves, yep. the four of them. And it ended up, in the end, I think, probably hurting those two players. I wish right. I had a more specific example for you. No, but yeah. I've just as often seen the four players left at the table kind of talking over stuff and making their own deals yeah. as a group of four. And I love that. Um, yeah. Like, and, and there's, like, just a give and take to that. Like, I want, I want secret conversations to be part of the calculation, right. not something that you just get to yeah. do for free. Although that does, uh, that does point out a scary thing for me, which is just that we talked about wanting to be able to go into the other channel with the other person to hear their secret conversation, but then that would mean we're missing out on the four other people's conversations. Well, so, well as a technical I'm thing, gonna... you and I will have to figure out how we get to capture all of that delicious audio. Well, well, um, I I just want to point out, Matt, um, not to not to make you know not to freak you out, but there there are two of us, and we are well, sure are two uh, two people. D- depending on how many games there are, the two of us might not be in every game, so we'll see. Championship oh, games, y- certainly we can. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking more about the championship. Yeah, yeah. That's the only I think one that matters, I, right? Right. Well, it's not the only one I'm that matters, kidding. but it is the most <laughs> important one. Well, I I feel like that's all Hunter and I really have to give in this conversation without more input from everybody else. Um, so I feel like it's worth kind of reiterating where we're standing then, which is we think secret conversations are good. Uh, we want to have secret conversations in the tournament uh, and we get the argument for whisper chatting, but we feel like it changes the game so much that we probably want to still go ahead and not allow whisper chatting, but only allow 
uh, certain times when you are allowed to jump into another channel and you are limited on the amount of time you are given with that other player in that channel and just like a very controlled atmosphere for secret conversations. Uh, I'm nervous about having that be the case because then maybe people want very clearly defined rules and I'm not looking to basically make a homebrew rule set for how this all works out. Mm -hmm. So I want to see this conversation continue and I want to know more about what everyone thinks and and how they deal with this in their group who allows texting at the table and how does that go for them and who doesn't allow any secret conversations at all and what does that make the game shaped like i want to hear from somebody that doesn't do any secret conversations actually yeah. for 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 next time i, I just want Blark that perspective as well don't. i think the i think the weekly blark knob game doesn't allow secret conversations but i might be wrong uh, yeah all right. Well, then I yeah, I want I want to hear from them. Uh, I want their perspective because I want I want to have something that like is kind of fair for everybody where there's just kind of a give and take. That's what yeah. I want. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think we got to leave it there. Uh, let's do some rundown. And then we got a juicy play of the week again, Hunter. It's from it's from the same jo- juicy Joey. That's what we're going to start calling. I'm sorry, Joey. You just got a terrible juicy name. Juicy Joey. Juicy huh? Joey, <laughs> who gave us the agenda phase uh, play of the week from two weeks ago. He, he sent us another one. And it's a pretty good one. It's, it's not as good as like the greatest agenda phase play I've ever seen. But it is certainly he's got a smart group. And I want to hear more uh, from his players. But let's do the rundown real quick. What do you say? All right, so you can head to our Twitter for game updates and announcements. You can check out our Facebook uh, for announcements, and you can ask Matt questions in the middle of the night um, or in the middle of the day for you if you're in, like, Sweden. Um, You can go to the subreddit uh, for Twilight Imperium. Uh, We post there weekly, and that's where a lot of discussion happens, a lot of really good discussion. Uh, You can go to our BGG guild. for uh, other discussion, light discussion, there's a calendar there. There's no way that calendar is anything right <laughs> I, now, it's, right? It's, yeah, there is no calendar right now. <laughs> right. So you can email us, uh, spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. Um, that's where we like to get uh, This Imperium Life and Play of the Week uh, submissions, uh, which I also just kind of want to put, put it out there. It feels like there it might be a about time to start thinking about another this imperium life is yeah. that a thing we've been well because we've been teasing the idea of we want a themed episode uh we want to do oh, a this yeah. imperium life so we need story we need stories for this imperium life that is about salty moments that that's right. what we were kind of like hoping for so please send us your salt stories your stories not we're not we don't want stories where you're griefing someone for freaking out we want the stories where you talk about yourself freaking out and you need to justify how you were behaving little mister uh or, or just like the craziest things that have happened to you where you couldn't believe it and it, and it, you know, it threw your whole game off or, you know, whatever put you on tilt the most. I, I want those stories of like true spite. Right. In a fun way. Right. Grit. Gristle. Um, and uh, check out our Patreon. Uh, you can join before, if you join before October 31st um, and your build, you will be uh, automatically eligible for the Patreon tournament. Um and there are other benefits. There are a lot of really great benefits. Uh, the Space Kitties uh, basically all get their own episode. Uh, Goodyear Brotherhood and above uh, get to play games with us. Which for Goodyear uh, Brotherhood, like uh, we're planning to make November a good month uh, for Goodyear Brotherhood games. So if you can hit us up, we're going to start sending messages out. But we, we want to find dates to hit everybody up. So this is kind of your public announcement of let's find some days to play some games together. What do you say? Yeah. Um, you can head to our Discord, which is where you can tell us when you're available in order to play those Goodyear mm-hmm. Brotherhood games, which would be great. Um, 
Please rate us on your podcast app of choice, uh, especially Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Um, I just got done with so much good comedy stuff, and uh, I, I got nothing for a minute. I am taking He's not a funny break. anymore, folks. He's I quit <laughs> being funny. Honestly, if you notice, I kind of quit. Uh, the, this episode, I feel like I haven't really been funny at all, and I think it's mostly because... I just got done doing so a series of so many great shows. Um, as of uh, we're recording this on a Saturday, I have this show tonight, which will already have happened by the time you hear this, um, with this really great comedian named uh, DJ Real. He is a DJ comic. Um, look him up. He is really, really funny, and I'm like super honored to be like opening for him uh, in Portland. It's gonna be a really weird, very silly show. Um, let's let's thank some Patreoners, shall yeah. we? I want to thank our Space Kitties, as always, Jim Boff, Jada Pake, and Dustin Doom. And I also want to thank the Arch Thom of Meme Town. I want to thank F and Dragon, and I. I kind of want to give a special thanks to Bobson Dugnut uh, this week because we had a stream not that long ago and Bobson made uh, some more like title card transition things for us. He, he does like some hilariously cool editing work. And if you haven't watched that stream, it's on our Twitch and they're, we forget about them for a long portion of the game. But when we start putting them in, they're just so funny. There's a spreadsheet update and there's an, an audience agenda title screen and they're like hilarious, hilariously like cheap, and I right. love it. That's awesome. Uh, did did that stream ever get up on the YouTube? It's or not is on YouTube on yet. Twitch? I'm afraid to put it on YouTube. Uh, I have to come clean, Hunter. What? I cheated. I cheated in the board game Twilight Imperium. Oh I didn't my know God. I was cheating, but if you watch the end of that stream, uh, one of the actions that I took to like try to make these game winning moments. Uh, was that I activated the player who I had their support for the throne. So I should have lost wow. the point. And none of us noticed. We just all forgot and didn't notice. I have my defenses of like, I probably still would have won even without that. But, you know, you can never know. And I'm a horrible, horrible, dirty cheater. Wow. Sorry. So, yeah, no, you have to put it up. and I have to put it on YouTube I, now and get chastised yeah, it, forever in the comments yeah, section. Yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 all right, yes, yes, deal. This week's play of the week, like I said, is from Juicy Joey Schofield uh, of the Greatest Agenda Phase Ever play. Uh, so this one is, <clears throat> it was our friend's first game. It's a six-player game, and we warn him that obviously it's unlikely that he'll win. I feel, uh, I sense foreshadowing already. Mm-hmm. Hakan play. he plays as Hakan. He chooses Hakan in his first game, and Hakan plays annoyingly nice. As it's his first game, and because he's so non-threatening, we hardly curtail his mastery of trade. In the in trade, in the entire game, he takes one single offensive activation, Mechatol Rex, in the second to last round. The only systems he controls are his home and a straight line to Mechatol Rex. As myself, as Sar, with diplomacy, I only need to get to the end of the round to have a virtually guaranteed win. I have. Eight points and a two-point tech objective ready to go. I don't need to keep my home, and I can't be eliminated in my chaos-mapped asteroid fields. Necro, with leadership and six points, appears to have a slim chance to at least catch up. However, at the start of round six, Hakan has guaranteed Imperial with his quantum data hub node. He's at nine victory points. If he continues to hold Mechatol Rex on his turn, he'll win with Imperial. If he loses in Mechatol Rex but keeps his home system, he will score the last remaining stage one objective with Imperial. 
if he loses Mechatel Rex and his home system, he may be able to retake one and score Imperial on that same turn because he has fleet logistics. And if all of that is still prevented, Hakan can initiate and win a combat against the holder of the Shard of the Throne. In other words, the table must carefully take and keep both Mechatel Rex and his home system before his first turn. Nevertheless, we accept the challenge. The entire table agrees to a plan. Necro and I are to take Hakan's home. The remaining three players have to plan to crash like waves onto the beaches of Mechatol Rex. The holder of the Shard of the Throne is the third wave, reducing their chance of losing the Shard to Hakan. Secretly, though, Hakan whispers delusions of grandeur to the Necrovirus. Necro is convinced by Hakan that I, as Sar, can take and keep the home system without Necro's help. Necro is offered enough trade goods and Hakan's support for the throne to be convinced that he can get to 8 and score first in the status phase, while the rest of the table takes down Hakan. So, uh, as second in turn order, it's up to me alone to take the Hakan's home system. After that, the rest of the team will be able to conquer Mechatol. The odds look good for me, with a large Sarball and a flagship support. Yet, Hakan has developed an action card hand of unused, previously unnecessary combat action cards. The battle eventually comes down to a single Hakan Dreadnought versus my Sar flagship with infantry. And I lose. Victory appears imminent for the Hakan. But maybe the remaining three players can pull off a miracle. Yet, in one last glorious play, Hakan doesn't even wait until his turn to win. Out comes Destroy Their Greatest Ship, his third and final secret objective. He destroyed my flagship, and with 10 points, his home, Mechatel Rex, and an unused Imperial, Hakan wins. For all we know, this first-time sneaky cat might have even won a 14-point game on that very round. Wow. So, if you ever needed to know that having contingencies is possible this is this is your game to look at i mean this yeah, guy had it Jesus. six and a half dozen ways just i mean there was no beat how can you possibly dream of beating this hakan I, I liked uh the way that story was told because it made me feel like actually the hakan was gonna lose yeah and that that's what the play was gonna be and the surprise after that was like no hakan not only did hakan win but hakan had like and also the best the best i think my favorite part is that he didn't even win the way he probably was planning to win or actually actually no (laughs) i want to point this out the hakan is a genius and that's why this is a valid play of the week because hakan is the one that convinced the necro not to stage an attack because the hakan knew that he was going to get attacked by sar and said as long as necro doesn't attack me first i might be able to kill that flagship and end it all right right now Right. Hakan knew what was getting sent at him and managed to pull it off anyways. So that's, that's really great. the play of the week is convincing Necro to not be a part of the attack and being able to win because he knew he could take Sar. Which is that's such a good play of the week for this week. It's literally, you know, like secret, that's, that's, you can't that's, do it without a secret conversation. Right, right. All right. Secretly, Hakan <laughs> whispers delusions of grandeur to Necro. Like that is. Do do you want the game to not have that at all? I want it. Oh, it's got to have that, right? It's got to have Come that. on. It's got to have that. Well, Matt, I think it's time for us to go have another secret conversation uh, for a week, and then we'll be I, back. I'm actually cutting you off, uh, and you've already 
filled my head with too many lies. I'm not going to believe it anymore. I'm going to go have a secret conversation with every single other player at this table individually. Oh. And it's going to oh. take the entirety of the next week before I come to a decision about what my turn is going to be. Oh, okay. So enjoy sitting at the table by yourself. Okay, well, I just sent you a text. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.